This is Stacks and the City, the podcast about getting this money and achieving financial independence by any means necessary. And this is episode 32, CEO Spotlight, featuring Yasmin Saibu of Darker Berry Blog. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another fantastic episode of Stacks and the City. I'm your host, Ashley. Hey, y'all. And y'all, oh my goodness, I'm not, I love I'm not alone. It's always, it's always the best time. I'm here with the fantastic Yasmin Sebu of Darker Berry. Hi, Yasmin. How are you? Hi, Ashley. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. I am so, I'm super, super glad that you're here, you all. So if you guys don't know, Yasmin is the creator, founder, boss of Darker Berry, which is a blog and content prototype of basically fashion and style and lifestyle and just living, living life, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I started Darker Berry just as a way for me to kind of communicate with my friends in general about, you know, as a way to share with them tips on how I was conquering my life so Mm. fashion tips life tips beauty tips just whatever I can share with my my friends then I I I use that I use the blog as you know my medium to communicate with them because I was kind of like that go-to girl in my friends group that whenever someone needed you know some type of fashion tip or hair tip I wanted to just kind of create a platform to just get people like simple solutions to, you simple know, their solutions. general problems. Sometimes we overcomplicate mm. things, and things don't have to be as complex as we make them. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think that there are, like, very simple, straight-to-the-point ways to fix, you know, our general problems. Okay. What are, what are some of the, like, the tips that you give for us in terms of, like, beauty and lifestyle and all that fun stuff? Yeah, so my mom is a hairdresser. Oh, okay. So up, you know, I learned how to do hair, and I'll always have my friends, like, come and ask me a million to one hair questions. They want to do this. They want to do that. And I'm like, girl, keep it simple. Like, you know, and especially working with African-American hair, as, mm-hmm. as you know, it can be, you know, time-consuming. Mm-hmm. It, it's really a lot of work, but it, sometimes the simple solution is the best solution. So, mm. if you only have 30 minutes to do your hair, girl, grab some gel, little bobby. You can have a slick down ponytail that looks just as good as any, you know, three-hour, four-hour hairstyle. Is that right? Yes. Well, let me slick down this kizzy hair, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, and so have you been able, and you've been able to use this platform to help other people other than your friend group, correct? Yes. Fantastic you always drew my attention to you was your savvy fashion sense like and your posing ability y'all <laughs> but seriously the way you dress and and more importantly the message that you have about that says a lot to me to what extent has your fashion been able to influence your life and how have you been able to do use your fashion to help others yeah so in terms of fashion i like to be i like to be really comfortable actually even my style i would describe my style as as even as simple because I see some people that mm. they put together outfits and I'm like wow I can never even put together something that complex because I'm like for me when I look at clothes I judge I, I put outfits together based on like 
where I'm going, mm-hmm. what, I, what am I, what am I going to be doing in this outfit, and then kind of like build something around that. I like simple patterns. I like things to just match, and I like things to fit well. Because because I am curvy, mm-hmm. you know, the way that something fits to me is way more important than mm. you know the color, the pattern, the designer. Interesting. None of those things are more important to me than fit. I need it to be flattering because I'm I'm very busty <laughs> I'm very busty I'm very curvy so I like my clothes to you know to fit a certain way and I also want to be comfortable in it so I really look at how things are fitting me first before I even look at you know color the label trying to follow interesting if it's not fitting me right then it's not gonna it's not even gonna happen I'm not, I'm not doing it so if it's always gonna be number one for you yeah, to me, because I am more fit conscious, makes me that it makes it so that I end up shopping more consistently with you know certain brands. I don't venture out as much because I'm also at the end of the day I'm a pretty lazy shopper too. I don't want to go to thirty different stores looking for one dress. I want to just be able to quickly find what I need because my time is valuable and my time is precious. So once I find a brand that has you know their clothes consistently consistently fit me well then I'm more likely to just stick to that brand and I'm the type of shopper where I'll have I'll find like the black dress that fit me like so well and then maybe I'll be more adventurous with accessories with shoes and to kind of like dress it up and you know and make it more more than what it seems so I have like this one black dress like so I've this is kind of like a sidebar but I'm, I'm also kind of dating right now mm-hmm. so whenever whenever it comes to me like you know, going out on dates and trying to look, you know, look good. I have this one black dress and it fits me like a glove. I <laughs> love it. I got it for $10 at Boohoo's. And, you know, if you shop at Boohoo's, yeah, that clothes, it's a little thin, but it was $10. So I actually ended up buying like three of them, the same black dress as three of them, just because I know Boohoo, their stuff is it's cheap, but it's thin and it may not last after a couple of washes. So I bought the dress three times and then um, I went to a local thrift store and I bought like a couple of different earrings. So usually if I'm going on dates, that's like my go-to date. So I like things to be simple and straight to the point. So you can either put a blazer with it. Okay. Put, you know, like a nice little jacket, just fancy earrings or something. And sometimes people will see me in this dress and like, oh my God, you look so fancy. And I'm like, girl, this whole outfit costs me $25. Like, don't even do Wow. So you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money in order to feel and look good. Oh, yeah. And, and see, and one thing that I really kind of, I don't want to use the word master, but one thing I'm getting a lot better at is just being able to, so like all of my different like goals of kind of like things that I'm working on, I've kind of found a way to make everything kind of like make sense for me. So because I am more financially conscious, I make sure that, you know, when I'm doing my, you know, when, when I'm doing my fashion stuff I'm making sure that you know even my fashions are still falling within you know falling within my finance goals even with my workout stuff I'm I'm making sure that you know when I'm grocery shopping or when I'm attending different workout classes or things like that I'm making sure that it's like I'm still on the budget I'm still following within you know within I'm going in the same direction like all of my goals are still leading me um to that end goal or you know that result that I want for everything so that's interesting that you talk about like finance goals because 
honestly to me if I were to look at you if I'm scrolling if I'm on your website I would just think that you you know you have plenty of money that you're just you just have a lot of money and that you look really rich and that's it <laughs> like that honestly tell me a little bit about how you've been able to to use finances to continue your glow up when I got my first job out of college mm-hmm. you know I was making I was making you know nothing extravagant but I was making decent money so the money flow was it was definitely coming yeah and growing up my family you know we you know we we live we lived you know really average I guess but we didn't you know we weren't really like materialistic so I never really got a chance oh. to like kind of splurge on myself like yeah that. I know that I definitely know that feeling but, you know once you get that first job out of school and you know you're kind of like filling yourself you don't have too many bills yet I wasn't paying back my student loans yet so <laughs> I just had money kind of sitting come yeah you know, I, I splurge I, I went and I bought all these things and then it's like I quickly realized that okay I need to I, this is not this is not cute I need to you know, be more mindful about my money. I need to save more. I need to, you know, be more strategic with every single dollar that I spent. So I just started to pay attention to things. And I'm like, okay, I have all these clothes, but it's just like, but I keep buying more. Like what's, what's really been more mindful of my spending and just kind of like looking at the things that I have. And I'm like, am I even using half the stuff that I have in this closet? So just, just being more, more self-aware. Sometimes we do things just out of, you know, like osmosis or it's just like it becomes like automatic behaviors that we do without even thinking about why am I doing this or why am I spending all this money? That's that's actually really great. First of all, I want to know what do you mean exactly by osmosis? To me, that's like a science term. Yeah, so with osmosis, it's like um, kind of just kind of like following the crowd in a sense. So if you see all of your friends buying certain labels, you're just like, okay, we're you know, the people who are next to me are doing this thing, so I'm going to naturally describe yeah. these are my friends, I trust them, and this is my group, so I'm going to do things, you know, as they do, but sometimes it's like, okay, we all have different financial situations, so maybe they can afford to do that, mm. but maybe, girl, maybe you can't right now, so you gotta, you know, you have to act accordingly, you can't always buy the things that your friends can buy. And honestly, your friends probably can't afford to buy the stuff that they're buying, too. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right about that. Let's call that out. And we think that our happiness lies in the things that we have and how we look and how we feel. Yeah. And that's not always necessarily the case, you know? But that's just me. But when did, so when did this transition come from you spending this money? When did, like, from you, like, you know, spending the money, having all this money, and then from you being like, okay, wait, let me take a pause. Let me... Let me be a little bit more conscious about where the money I'm going is going out. Yeah, yeah. So once I was over that like 25 midlife crisis point, mm. then I started to really kind of like look more into you know stabilize my my future and just having you know okay I want to be married I want to have kids I need the financial stability in order to pursue these things. So at that point I started to you know to look more into those type of things. And at first, I was just kind of like softly looking into it, like, okay, maybe I'll read like one little financial book but and understand it, but I won't really like act on that knowledge. So the real shift for me happened when I was in a, in a pretty long relationship. I was with a guy for seven years, and then things just kind of like, in, in year seven, things just kind of like 
went downhill and it just kind of like crashed and burned and it was just a hot mess. But coming out of that relationship, I was completely financially broken. Because yeah. in the relationship, um, I was uh, I was making more than he was. So a lot of the financial responsibility kind of fell on me. But and then he was kind of, you know, he, he did some things that, you know, ended up being a detriment financially to the relationship and but because my name was on a lot of things I ended up having to eat up that burden you know after the fact so I came out wow. of that relationship just like severely in debt I had to wow. move out of the apartment that we were living in I had to move back home with my mom just in order to be able to catch up on like all those bills and there were like bills that I found out after the fact but you know oh my God. sometimes when you're kind of in that relationship bubble you you know, sometimes things just happen so fast and you're just kind of like in that euphoric state that that you don't pay attention to things. You're just like, oh my God, I'm so in love and everything is so great. But then when it's all said and done, you're like, oh snap. Like, this I shouldn't do Yeah, well. You know, you can easily lose control and honestly lose yourself in a relationship. So you do have to, you know, be, be very careful and be mindful if you're in a relationship and it gets to, you know, it starts getting to that serious point where you know, you're sharing finances or, you know, kind of sharing resources like that. So coming out of that, I, I was completely financially broken and I had to have to talk with myself like, okay, am I just going to sit here, be depressed and then not know what's happening with my money or am I going to just like, you know, figure it out? So it, it definitely took some time for me to kind of like get out of that down state, but, but you did I it. I picked myself up yeah. and I just started, I just started working on I started being more mindful, you know, I listed all of my debt, and I was like, okay, what's going to be the plan, how are we going to get this, I'm fortunate, I'm fortunate enough that, you know, I'm living in the same city as, you know, as my family, and I did have the opportunity to just move back home with my mom, mm, and, and reset. I had to talk with her, and I was like, okay, mom, uh, I know you need this rent for me still, but uh, can you give me a few months where it's like, I'm not paying you any rent, just mm. so I can, like, you know, at least get those, like, collection notices, and you know, all of those like more pressing debt, I can just get those out of the way and catch up on those. So I was very fortunate to at least have my family support. That's fantastic, and you were able to do that. Yes, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Did you and your ex partner have a conversation about money before you moved in? No, we didn't have a serious conversation. Mm. We did not. We definitely didn't talk about it as much. And I was kind of in a state. You know, I although I was making more in the relationship, I I was very submissive to him. Mm. So I just kind of let him kind of like innocently make those decisions. Because that was his role, maybe quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. So if you know, that's how I like to leave my relationship. You know, I believe that the man should be like you know the head of the house mm -hmm. in those. You know, because my you know my background is is uh, is West African. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. roles type of things. Even in, even at times when you know, obviously I was making more money, so I could have took charge. Yeah, but I still wanted him. You know, I want the man to be the man, and you know, kind of just those like you know, I wanted to paint that pretty picture for myself. And it's just like I definitely should have, you know, spoken out a lot more than I did. So I, it was definitely a, a lesson learned. Mm, that's wow. That's that's. Ooh, that's hitting. That's hitting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I 
learned a whole lot. Yeah. But do you have any any suggestions for people who are interested, who, you know, want to take their relationship to the next level, they're thinking about moving in together, they want to start commingling funds. Do you have any tips on how to do that in a way that's going to be productive and, and will move a relationship forward? Yeah. So my number one, my, I guess, because I, I know situations can be very different across the board out there. So the number one thing is to definitely have an open and honest conversation about your finances and just also be mindful of your partner's spending habits. Okay. If you have the type of partner who's like a label chaser where, oh, they only want to buy like, you know, the Fendi's and the Gucci's of the world and things like that. And, you know, even if they have the income to support that type of that type of habit, it's very important to just be mindful of that habit because your income can change at any moment. Any like, moment. As we can see with this government shutdown. Yes, like, yes, you know, yes. You be making $100,000 and then be making zero the very next. Yes, that, yes. That can happen. So just be mindful of how your partner spends money. Make sure that that aligns with how you spend money. And then make sure that, you know, whatever, if, you're, if you guys are, like, moving in together, buying a house or a car or, or kind of sharing those big, like, you know, financial moves together, then be sure that you're actively saving money and you're prepared to, you know, you kind of have that emergency fund type of thing set up. And that's one thing that me and my ex didn't have. We didn't have any type of, like, you know, backup money. We didn't have any type of emergency funds saved up. And he was one of those, you know, like, label chasers. Where mm. He only liked to shop at Bloomingdale's. And he wanted really? To, you know, whenever, yeah, whenever he went shopping, it was like, it had to be a label. It had to be oh. something, like, fancy. If it wasn't fancy, he didn't even want he would rather go without than, than to, like, I had to like force him to go to Target one time because he was like, I'm shop at Target. He's like, calm down. I, those are like looking back, those are definitely signs that I saw very early on in the relationship that I didn't pay attention to because at the, you know he was able to afford them right know, at times. But if you have somebody who they can't adjust to their income, they can't you know make that adjustment or you know pause pause that spending for a while in order to save up for, you know, whatever your, your situation calls for, then that's definitely a, a red flag. And the other tip that I would say is just make sure that you always have, you know, like your own money. I, I definitely, you know, if you're going to have like a joint account set up or anything like that, definitely have something for yourself. And then don't end up buying more than you alone can afford. Mm. because one of the reasons why I ended up having to move out of the apartment that we had is because I couldn't afford that apartment by myself and so when everything kicks you know Got it. broke up and everything it's like I just wasn't able to support living in that apartment and you don't want to ever you don't so even when you're putting together two incomes you don't want to completely maximize that that budget so if alone you can afford an apartment that's a thousand dollars, together you can afford an apartment that's two thousand dollars. Don't go straight for the two thousand dollar apartment. Maybe consider still taking that apartment that's like a thousand dollars and then just saving that extra thousand dollars for something else. But sometimes, and we, I think we have to realize that it's like the best thing about having a two income household 
income. Mm. So then it's like, we're good either way. So all of our bills are paid, but we also have plenty of money saved up for retirement, investment, or you know, money saved up for rainy days and vacation and things like that. But if you're completely, you know, if you're living paycheck to paycheck on both incomes, mm. okay. something, something's got to give. Okay, okay. Oof. Yeah, you, that's, that's, you don't want to do that. That's what it is. And I have one other, so one other question about that, too. You say having an open and honest conversation about money. Mm-hmm. What does that entail? Yeah, so an example of an open and honest uh, conversation is, have you seen your partner's, like, W-2s? Oh. Have you seen their, like, pay stuff? And oh. that's, just, that's just basic. That's just, like, oh. you know, this is, like, first conversation. About okay. Money. Like, let me see what your check looks like. Like, let me see, you know, are you already contributing to your, your any of your retirement funds? Are you contributing to any type of, like, healthcare savings account? Like, when, when you get your check, like, what's the breakdown? Like, what comes out? Like, what are you netting? You know, what are you grossing? Like, I need to see those numbers. So oh, Lord. Properly plan for our future. Don't just tell me, oh, yeah, I make $1,500 a month or I make $3,000 a month. Like, however, whatever those numbers are, don't just tell me. I need, I I need, need receipts. Support. I, need, I need to see <laughs> that pay stuff so that I can see exactly how that 1500 is broken down. And that's just, and that's just honestly the, be, the beginning of the, of the conversation. If, you, if you're moving in with your partner and you don't know exactly how they're making their money, then that's a problem. Because you need to know exactly how they're making their money and how they're spending it. And, you know, even on the other side, it's just like, okay, so, yeah, you make, let's just say you make $3,000 a month. Uh, how are you spending that? And it, it's so easy to point out the big the big bills first. Like, okay, yeah, X amount for rent, car note, my insurance, you know, those bigger items we can easily list. But what we don't quickly list and what we don't realize is, oh, okay, I buy, I spend $10 a day three times a week at Starbucks getting coffee and a pastry. Um, two days out the week, I go to a happy hour with my friends and I spend, you know, between 30 and $40 at happy hour. Yeah. And then on the weekends, I go to brunch and then brunch can be between 40 and $50. And then I get my nails done every two Got weeks. Got it. And I get my hair done like once a month. Yeah. So it's like all those type of, you know, all those variable expenses, those are the things that add that up. That truly add up. You don't realize sometimes you don't because when you're when you're sitting down and making like your first budget, you don't think about oh my thirty dollar nail appointment, my hundred and fifty dollar like hair appointment that I get every every two months or so. You don't think you don't those things like you don't really think about them so quickly. What you think about is those reoccurring expenses like your car note, yeah, insurance. You know, you you think about those things first, but. Most of the time, it's those variable expenses, that $5 Starbucks every day, that nail appointment, because your nails can easily run you, like, uh, maybe spend, like, $10,000 a year just on your nails. $10,000 a year? Easily. If you're not counting how those are adding up, then, you know, then you're missing the point of, of your budget and trying to track all of your spending. So when you're with your partner, you really, you really want to have those conversations of what does my financial outlook really look like? Like, 
you know, if this is how much I'm bringing in every month, how am I spending it? And then how am I willing to compromise in order to make a proper living for us together? Wow. Yeah. And, th- and then, <laughs> then that's when you get into like, you know, the hard work. Cause you, you know, compromising is, is not fun. No. But it's just like, instead of getting your nails done every two weeks, are you willing to reduce it to just, you know, once a month? Are you willing to, you know, to kind of skip out on some of those hair appointments? Maybe you want to invest in a pr- protected style that'll last you, you know, two months instead of having to get your hair done every month or something mm. like that. So are you willing to cut down on some of those brunches and happy hour in order to, you know, to meet your new goal, your, your new financial goals as a couple instead of as an individual? Oh. So, and those things, it's, it's, it's hard to have those conversations. It's painful. You don't want to do it. You think that, you know, and you really go into it like, okay, we'll just figure it out as we, as we go. But no, you need to sit down and have a plan. Because if you think you're just going to, like, wing it, oh, trust me, it's not going to be fun. Oh, snap. It is not going to be fun. And you really have to have, and then you really have, you're going to have to designate, you know, one of you to kind of spearhead keeping you guys financially on track. Like, I had an incident with my ex where, you know, I and we were just going to wing it to it because we were like, okay, we both make some money. We're just going to split the bills. Like, okay, you pay this and I pay this and we pay half of this. And then you know, it's it just going to be like separate like that. And so I had certain bills that I alone was in charge of. He had certain bills that alone he was in charge of. And then we had like the rent, you know, some of those bigger items that we just split in half. So, for example, he was in charge of the cable bill. He went three months without paying the cable bill because he, he just completely forgot. Stop. For some reason, I don't, I don't know how one forgets to pay something for three months. But <laughs> I came home one day, and then nothing was working. And I'm ready to call Comcast and cuss them out. And they're like, man, we haven't been paying the bill in three months. And I was like, oh, okay. Whoa. I won't cuss you out. I won't call you right back. Right. Let me figure this out. And figure out, you know, what happened. And then, you know, he just was like, oh, I forgot. Well, you know, of course, he gave all the type of excuses become the accountant of the relationship where even if your partner is in charge of, let's say, the light bill or the gas bill, you might have to go behind them and kind of like check up on those things and make make sure that they're, one, paying them, paying them on time and making full payments at that. So it's it, it, can, oh, be, it can become really stressful. So Really quick. Trying to, yeah, trying to mix finances and once you get to that point in your relationship it's not something that you should take lightly it's definitely something that you should take you know take your time making those decisions and make sure that you guys are on the same page with whatever you guys decide to do y'all hear that amen yeah wow and and because it's so draining even having those conversations that's why finances and money is one of the number one reasons why people break up got it Wow, this yeah, it's good to hear that. All of those things, so at least for myself personally, we're all entering that age where you know people are trying to settle down and pair up and and shack up or get married or cohabit, whatever you want to call it. And I do see those conversations being omitted from 
that instant. It's like, oh yeah, well let's just we'll, we'll wing it or I'll pay half, you pay half, or we'll do the percentage. And and I do see how financially it can be detrimental to a relationship. So I'm I'm so glad that you yeah. you opened up about that and and how pertinent it is to do it as soon as possible as opposed to waiting when the leases are signed. Yes, please don't don't, yeah. don't wait that long. But way more importantly, you've been able to come through that. And now you're in a much better place financially. Oh, yes. Tell me what are some of your financial goals? What, what are you hoping to accomplish? Yes. Right. So, right now, short-term-wise, I'm, I'm still trying to get out of debt. So yeah. I've, you know, over the years, I've accumulated a significant mm. amount of debt. But um, we're paying it down. And I, my plan is to, to become debt-free. And, you know, at first... My goal wasn't, I wasn't even worried about being debt free because, you know, with our culture in America, it's like debt is very normal. Using credit cards are, it's are what you do. normal. It's not, it's like, oh, you don't have any debt? Like, when you hear someone that says that they have absolutely no debt, you kind of look at them like something wrong with them, like, yeah, go get some debt. And, and that's so crazy that that's, that, you know, that's normal in this, in this society. Uh, but what really kind of pushed me towards, um, debt freedom was I recently I recently got a new job um, about six months ago and this new job you know the salary increase was was it was very great it okay was, it was so awesome I'm so blessed I had this job because not only was the salary much more than my last job but this job they pay a hundred percent of your health care which means I'm what I'm, I'm, I'm able to keep a lot more yes yes I'm Girl, girl. <laughs> I'm so blessed with this job. Yes. Um, but even even now, you know, being able to take home more money, I noticed that I still wasn't able to, I still didn't have a lot of money left over after I pay all my bills because so much of my money was going to pay down debt. Mm. So, so much of my money was going to, you know, because I have a lot of credit card bills. I had my car note, you know, all these different things. And I was like, okay. So obviously, making more money wasn't the problem. It's I need to get rid of this debt so I can, got it. you know, got it. some of this income. Like I was literally paying, you know, <laughs> over fifteen hundred dollars in just debt alone mm. per month. Mm. So I'm like, and and it wasn't moving. And even just paying that, I was probably just barely covering, you know, interest on on some of these. Yeah. Things. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't doing anything. So. You know, that's when I started looking into, you know, kind of following the Dave Ramsey, um, Dave Ramsey's plan and using the uh, debt snowball method in order to, you know, to break down my debt. And then, you know, once I really started to cut out some of these variable expenses, such as, you know, getting your nails done, cutting down on happy hour and brunches. And, um, and you know, and one thing I want to point out is because I do talk about, like, you know, the about Dave Ramsey on my page yes you read his book it's like in order to really like tackle your debt he kind of tells you to basically like shut down your life just like eat rice and beans every day like don't even look at nobody just stay home and just pay down all your debt as fast as you can and that's kind of like the mentality that you know that he kind of promotes but you know to be realistic I still wanted to live my life I mean I'm 20 I'm 29 all of you know all of my friends like what we like to do is we like to go to happy hours we like to go to brunches we like to take trips yes you know I we live in a city part- i still wanted to participate in you know in that lifestyle and i live in dc 
always. In the city. So instead of completely removing my brunches and my happy hour, I drastically reduced them. Like I was at a point where I was going to a brunch every single weekend, and sometimes even on Saturdays and on Sundays. Mm. So I limited myself to just like one brunch per month. Okay. And like I just like completely, and I, I had to just like cut down the happy hours because I was like, okay, I got to pick between, you know, at least for a short period of time, I got to pick between, you know, either brunches or happy hour. And I like brunching way better than happy hour. So like, Look okay, at I'm you. Just, okay. I'm just going to so do doing some self assessment. Right, and then um, I stopped getting my nails done, which was which was so hard. It was so hard. <laughs> it was very very. To, to cut that out um my new job was a lot closer to home so instead of driving every day i just took the bus and then because it, it was it's literally about two miles away from my house so i'll take the bus to get to work but then i'll walk home so then and on transportation i was just spending two dollars a day because um two dollars is like enough for like one way to mm-hmm. get to work and then in the evenings, I'll just walk home, so I won't have to spend that extra two dollars. Like I was like real tight on my money for like like when I first started, I was like real tight because um at the time my uh I was trying to pay up pay off like my first debt that I was really trying to tackle was my car note. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my car note was um it was a single largest monthly payment. Okay. So if you no. reduce that first, then you'll have some more money, like the snowball method. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I I worked. So after I saved, you know, I saved a thousand dollars for the emergency fund. That was easy, no problem. But then I was like, okay, I need to get the car note off my back because it's literally the single most expensive bill that I have right now. So you know, after you know taking those things out, and I I I canceled I canceled Hulu, I canceled Netflix. I even canceled Apple Music for like two months, which that was really hard because I was at the gym and I didn't have my, my gym playlist. Yeah. I had to listen to Pandora with uh, the commercials in Yeah. Uh. And if you if you go to the gym consistently, you know that your playlist will yes. break your workout. And I was I was struggling. It was it was really hard. Like I went like just cold for maybe a period of three months. But I paid off my car note within that three months. So you don't have a car note anymore. No, I, I and when I made that very last payment, before I even made the last payment, because my um, I called the bank and I, to let them know that I was about to make my last payment. And I asked them, I was like, "How soon after I make my payment will I get my um my title?" Because you know when when you have a loan, you know the the bank owns like exactly the title to the car. So they was like, oh, you will get it within two weeks. I was like, oh, okay. So after I made that payment, I was like stalking the mailman. I was like, I need my title. I need, oh. I need the documentation to prove to myself that I really own this car. And I got that title, and I just, I kept it in my purse for like two weeks. Yes. Because I just didn't even feel, I just felt like I had to have it just like on my person to just like prove to the world that, oh my God, I, I did. own this yes. car. And it just felt like such a big accomplishment. And then. It's like I got paid, you know, like when I, when I would get my paycheck, I would just have this money just kind of like sitting there. Because you didn't have like, to go oh, to wow. the, yeah. I don't have that car note that was like draining my funds, and now I have all this money left over, and I had half a mind to just kind of like splurge, and I was like, nah, girl, you still got, I still, I still got some work to do. So, you know, following the debt, um, 
that snowball, you know, I move all those uh, those extra payments to my next biggest uh, biggest loan to kind of you know tackle that, and I plan on you know just following that until until all of these loans are are cleared off. It's gonna get clear too. It will. But I yeah, love how you're not. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You pay off once you pay off that like first loan or that first credit card, you know, whatever first debt you have, it really gives you like momentum, and then it really starts making you kind of like look at your money, like, wow, look at all this money I could have if I wasn't, you know, burdened by all of this debt. Mm. So like, it's like sometimes it's like you know when you, when you think about your income or your finances only thing we think about i feel like more people focus on the amount of you know whatever your yearly salary is of course we do oh yeah i can hear you oh poo wait okay sorry you went out a little bit so you say um so we focus on the yearly salary yeah i think people focus more on the salary instead of spending instead of focusing on how you're actually spending whatever amount you're you're making so focus on that first. Mm. That in order to live more comfortably, I just need to make more money. No, you probably just need to watch your spending. Oh. Start with that, start with that first. Just to the point, you know, I made more money. You know, at my last job, I was making, you know, a certain amount. At my new job, I, I make $10,000 more than I'm making at my old job. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, that's exactly how much money I need to be making in order to be comfortable. But I still wasn't comfortable because... All, as soon as I get paid, half of it already goes to my Got car note. The other half goes to a credit card or yeah. card, you know, or one of my other bills. And it's like, I didn't get a break. Wow. And just, and now, it's, okay, that's, that's rich. Good. So you're at a place where you could be paying off all your debt. And then all the money that you have coming in is going to be really yours to, yours to do whatever you want in theory. Exactly. And that's great. Exactly. That's great. So, Oh, so I was kind of, like, so engrossed with, like, the finance part because, like, that's, like, oh, that. I really do it. So really, really quickly, really quick, we'll talk a little bit about your fitness journey because, you know, this is the month of goals. We're going to accomplish our goals. We're going to set our goals. Really quick, what advice, because, like I said, you've, you've been able to make a lot of really great changes in your body in terms of how you feel. Tell us a little bit, really, really quickly about that. With my fitness, I feel like I've been on a diet since I was born. I've been struggling. I've been struggling for a very long time, you know, just trying to get control of my weight. And I was the type of girl that, you know, did all those, like, quick 30-day challenges, all those deep time yeah. challenges, you know, those, like, fast, trendy things. And it's like, it's it's not, it don't work. It does it doesn't work. So don't, don't even do it. Don't even bother. <laughs> don't. Just don't. Don't. You know, just focus on actually making lifestyle changes. Focus on, you know, building a, a diet regimen that you can actually follow and sustain for a long period of time. Focus on, you know, just, you know, following like a fitness workout plan that you can, you know, keep up with for several months as opposed to just like 30 or 60 days before summer or something. But one thing that has really been able to work for me as far as like fitness and, and weight loss is just kind of like following a 30-50-80 plan. And what 30-50-80 plan is, is that what, well, as far as fitness and losing weight, there's there's two things that you got to do. You got to eat right and exercise. Like, for lack of better words, you know, your your health journey is boiled down to just doing those two things. Mm-hmm. So, first, I pick which one of those two things I wanted to focus on first. 
And for me, working out is way easier than, you know, figuring out what I want, you know, than the food part. Really? And then, so once I, I decided that I'm going to focus on my, on the workout part first, you know, I, I did 30%, 50%, and 80%. So I started out, I just gave it 30% of my effort, and that was it. And 30% effort, that's like working out like two times a week. And then once you kind of get comfortable with that, then you push yourself to work, you know, up to 50%. So 50%, now you're, instead of one to twice a week, maybe you're working out, you know, uh, three to four times a week. And then you get to the point where you're like at 80%, where you're working like a full five days, five to six days a week, you know, you're changing up your workouts all the time, you're, you're trying out new routines. And because I really feel that when people think about, you know, their goals, they try to give it all of their one. 100% yes. all at once and to me I feel that it causes like burnout like you just get exhausted you're like oh my god I'm putting up all my effort into this I'm not seeing the results as quickly as I wanted to and now I don't want to do this anymore but instead of if that's how you've been tracking your goals like take a step back just give it a little bit of your energy and then you know slowly increase that so start out with just like 30% and then move it up to 50% and then take it up to the, you know, to a full 80. Wow. And then you'll start to notice, you know, you'll be able to truly create habits that are sustainable. And I really hate when people say like, oh, it takes 21 days to build a habit. No, it don't. It don't take 21 days. It takes a lot more than that. It takes at least like 90 days to build a wow. habit that is going to be sustainable because within 21 to 30 days, like your life can be pretty consistent. Like your your schedule can be pretty regular. And with habits, your habits are tested whenever your life changes. Whenever you know it's not whatever your day to day things get shifted a little bit. So when it comes to dieting and, and and weight loss and everything, it's easy to eat right and exercise when you don't have anything happening this week. There's yeah. No days, there are no there are no weddings. There are no company picnics or things like that. Oh, it's easy to eat your salad every day on those weeks, but let it be a month when all three of your best friends have birthdays, your cousin is getting married, your mom is having her, her 30th wedding anniversary, and you have all these celebratory things that often, you know, throw our diets off track. So those are the times when your habits are truly tested. So you need more time to, to kind of like test out your habits. So that whole 30-day thing, nah, that 30 days, it's not... It's not enough to truly build like a strong foundation and like a strong will to to maintain your diet and your exercise effort. Because okay, you can be on a you can be on your thirty day workout regimen, and yeah, that's fine. But what's going to happen when you go on vacation for a week? Is you going to throw? Is that going to completely throw you off course? Mm -hmm. So then it's like that thirty days that you spent really didn't build a, a solid foundation for that habit. Y'all hear that? <laughs> I hope so. Y'all, you even got, I'm over here taking notes. I'm like, oh, this is a lot that I need to, like, I need to take in, too. That's great. And honestly, that's really how I, I tackle all of my goals. Yeah. Because I, I, I have a long track record of, you know, finding things that I want to do and that I want to accomplish and then putting all of my energy into a bird. I get burnt out by week three and I don't even want to do it anymore. Ever again. So now I take my time with things. I'm like, okay, let me look at my schedule. How much time do I can I devote to this? Can I do like, you know, 30% of my time on this? Yes, I can. And then once I get, you know, once you get things started, you're like, okay, 
all right, things are coming together. I'm doing this. Let me step it up a little bit. Let me find more time to put into it. So start slow. Stop trying to, you know, have a quick turnaround. And, you know, with Instagram, it's like you see all these like, oh, my God, look, I just lost 50 pounds in two months. Like those things, you know, they put so much pressure on us to like, you know, hurry up and accomplish our goals. But no, sis, take your time. And you'll get there. It'll be be worth it in in the end. Oh, oh, Yasmin, thank, Yasmin, this was so enlightening, so enlightening, I, I, I truly, like, your life is like a, this upward, like, trend, that's what it feels like, to me, when I'm listening to you, it's truly an exponentially upward trend of success, that's, that's like the energy I'm getting, and I'm, I'm so grateful that you took the time to talk to me. Thank you for having me. I truly, like, I truly, truly am, like, Y'all, I hope that y'all, I hope February is going to be real for y'all. That's all I have to say. Your February better be real. It, you know, we can do a do-over. It starts now, y'all. But yes, like, Yasmin, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Woof, I appreciate it. Is there, and is there anything else, sorry, is there anything else you want to say to everyone before, before we bounce off? Yeah, if I can just, you know, just to kind of sum up everything just in one little nutshell, is just take your time with An hour. It's not, that's not always realistic, and you just gotta, you know, just take a second, figure out what you need to do, and then just take your time to get it done. Take your time. Everybody, y'all, this, y'all, darker berry, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice, y'all. Y'all juice better be oozing nice and sweet. Thank you, Yasmin, so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Mm-hmm.